Hello and welcome back and happy new year. This is Penny Sansevieri and Amy Cornell and this is our final show of 2020. Amy, um, happy new year to you. Thank you. Happy new year. It's been quite a ride, huh? <laughs> it's been quite a ride. <laughs> but we're both still here. We're bo- you know what? We're both still here and our families are healthy and... Um, We've had a we've had a really exciting year in in some respects and a weird year in others. Um, you know, it's interesting. I saw this meme the other day that said, you know, on on 2019, like I can't believe that I stayed up until midnight for this mess. And uh, <laughs> it, it's been, yeah. And you know, one of the reasons I wanted to do this show, and you and I talked about this. This this show idea is kind of a springboard from a blog post that's probably already live by the time this show airs. Every year at the end of the year, we like to do um, a list of book marketing ideas for the new year. So where book marketing is going to go in the new year. And most years, you know, it doesn't really change that much. You know, I mean, there are certain things that kind of pop and get you know, get uh, adapted, adopted, whatever, and people get excited about it. But generally year over year, you know, the changes are pretty slight. Sure. This year, the changes have been pretty tremendous. And so that's why I thought we would focus on just some of the really big things that we've seen, big and really awesome things that have come out of a really difficult time for a lot of authors. Yeah, very true. Um, so I want to remind you before we start to dig into the show, I want to remind you that um, we are um, always eager to get book reviews, uh, book reviews. Listen to me. It's New Year's Eve and I am apparently already digging into the champagne. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we'd love to get podcast reviews wherever you review podcasts. Um, Amy has a promo going um, about getting more reviews on Audible because we're running, we we ran that um, earlier in December. So we would love to get more reviews. And one of the things that I would suggest, and we've said this a couple of times in various shows, but it definitely bears repeating. Um, post a uh, post something that you learned or something that you're going to implement in the review. Um, we've already had a couple of people who have said, "Oh my gosh, I'm using this tip or I'm using this." If you listen to these shows, we hope that you get a whole bunch of great ideas. But if you get one major takeaway, love to know what that is. So definitely, if you're going to review, post it, you know, post it in the review. Um, Amy, I, I want to kind of, I, I'm just going to put you on the spot here. <laughs> um, I want to kind of let you lead with something that I know we're all very passionate about. So Amy, I thought, I would have you lead off this discussion. Um, why don't you Why don't you take us into the first first phase of this conversation? Yeah, this is, I love this because I basically what we're going to chat about first is the importance of educating yourself and being open to opportunities and realizing that this is not a stagnant industry. Things are changing all the time. So if your goal is to publish a book or keep publishing books. Part of that is also accepting that, you know, you need to be ready to learn and to adapt and to move along with the industry. Mm -hmm. You want to get people reading your books and continue to read your books. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we deal with this a lot when authors first reach out to us because I, I, I discuss things with those people first. I check out their books, check out their platform. And Penny, I can't tell you how many emails I send every week still where I'm pointing out things, just being very honest with people. It's like, yes, like, you know, you've got a market, you've got a good cover, you know, you have a lot of opportunities here, but, you know, if we're being totally honest, if you're ready to invest in promoting your book, you need to get X, Y, and Z in order first, because it's really hard when you, and you know, when you see authors that are, um, that are almost choosing to put their heads in the sand about what's required of them. You know, it's like, it really doesn't stop once the book goes in, you know, on Amazon. Like it really, it kind of starts then, you know, (laughs) right? there's a lot of hard work that goes into it. And, and again, like so much, the whole reason we're doing this episode, so much has changed this just this year alone. And it's not, I would say definitely that once you kind of catch yourself up, it's not nearly as complex to stay on top of how the industry changes and how reader markets change and things like that. So it, it's really, there is a light at the end of the tunnel for people who feel a little behind the eight ball. Yeah. Um, you know, you do have to play a little catch up, but once you get there, uh, it's amazing how many opportunities will open up as well, because there's so many, we see so many missed opportunities for even authors we work with simply because they say, oh my gosh, I could never start a blog or, you know, I, I just, I can't be on video for that event. So, so don't, don't take any video, you know, requests for me. Like, I don't want to talk to anybody that, you know, these things that you go, oh my gosh, no, nobody can afford to say no to anything now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's real. That's really very true. And we had, um, we recently had an author who, you know, we were talking to about doing a, um, a particular zoom event and this author was really intimidated by Zoom being on Zoom video and heard a lot of negative stuff about it and people are going to crash the video and, you know, what flashers, whatever, like whatever, you know, whatever, whatever happened early on in the life of, of the Zoom in, in this, you know, this year when it was getting hacked a lot, which is now not really an issue. Mm-hmm. And, and what was really unfortunate about that I understand being cautious, absolutely. But what was really under, un, unfortunate about that is that was really brought on by a lack of, not not necessarily research, but I think really willing to kind of get in there and just say, hey, you know what? Let me test a Zoom meeting and see how I like it. Just kind of get my sea legs. A lot of the things that have done extremely well this year, when everybody was told that events are canceled and and all, you know, and don't leave your house and go to don't go to Costco and fight over toilet paper, et cetera. A lot of the, the authors who were really successful this year did that, did so by just saying, Hey, let's give this a shot. What's the worst that could happen? In fact, there was a group of authors and I saw an article about this in the paper. Um, and they, all of their events had gotten canceled. And I want to say it was three or four authors. And all of their events had been canceled and they had a conversation one day and they said, you yeah, know, what are we going to do? You know, our, our book events been canceled. I think some, some, one of them had a book tour that can't cancel, et cetera. They said, you know what, let's just test this out in zoom. Let's invite a bunch of people to do a, an author talk. Let's, inv- we'll all invite each of our fans and they can meet, you know, and that's co-blending your fans and they can meet all the other authors. And they were 
obviously all in the similar genre. And then what happened is, is this became so popular that they got, you know, best-selling authors like Kristen Hanna and Debbie Maycomer and all of these, um, Ellen Hillenbrand and all of these really big best-selling names wanting to do, you know, they invited one, they said, ah, you know, again, what's the worst that could happen? They could, you know, Debbie Maycomer can say no. And she said yes, because everybody was in the same situation. Oh, isn't that right? cool? Yeah. And they ended up, this ended up being so popular and none of them had ever been on Zoom before, right? And most, I think, I think all but one of them just really, they were like, oh my God, I hate video. And I feel the same way. I, as you know, I always have this conversation with you. Um, and they just ran with this idea and they got booked out like months in advance. Um, and they're being, they're getting requests from, you know, different book groups and, and all kinds of things. And so the point of this is that we have really been forced into more digital and there's nothing like an in-person event, right? There's nothing like going to a writer's conference, going to a book event. I love all of that. And I've really missed that this year, but Amy, don't you agree that the things that have, have, you know, the things that have really been maximized this year, like doing more digital and getting comfortable and getting more comfortable on zoom and Facebook live and et cetera. Don't you think that that's, uh, that, that's going to stay, Like that's not necessarily going to just vanish in 2021. No, I'm, you know, and I think we've definitely discussed this on, on previous episodes too, where, you know, what I love about it most is that it creates so many more opportunities for so many more authors because, you know, prior to this, I will say that anytime we did a blog post or, you know, talked about events and booking events, that's a big, that's a big step. For, yeah. for most authors to imagine yeah. going from like, I just published my first fiction novel and now they're telling me I need to start booking local events. You know, it's like, that is a massive, it used to be a huge step in a very much a next level type, you know, strategy for authors that have been around for a while or whatnot, or had already had a name for themselves in some form or another. Uh, but the fact that there's so much going on with video and online and digital, just, it really levels the playing field, I think. Yeah. For all these authors that are just getting started or maybe they've been around for a while and are just recently decided they're going to commit to getting to that next level with their promotion and their marketing, that creating video content is something that, you know, everybody listening can absolutely do. And then yeah. you start getting creative with what to do with it. Um, you know, and we've encouraged authors to start creating video of them just you know, fiction is one thing, talking about your book, talking about your, you know, there's lots that can go on there, but for nonfiction, you know, start creating video where you're sharing tips and just kind of showing your on-camera self. And it's such a great way to start a speaking career or to get invited to these virtual conferences and things like that. This was just not something that a lot of people did prior to this. It, it didn't open as many doors as it can now. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is that I, uh, one of the main doors that this has opened is I've talked to a number of uh, writers conferences around the country and they said, you know, even when we go back to in-person events, we now know that we can organize speakers from around the country and even around the world to do, to do talks via Zoom because now we've become acclimated to that, right? And so, so think about this for yourself. Like what are things that you have maybe not considered um, you know, doing speaking, if you say, 
gosh, you know, Penny, I really would love to expand my speaking career, but I can't travel for whatever reason. Um, you, I knew, uh, uh, I knew a, an author and she was actually a really, really good speaker, but she was always terrified um, to get on a plane. She'd never yeah. flown. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And so she ended up having to, like, if she got speaking events, I mean, bless her heart, she had to drive everywhere, but this is now an opportunity for you to get, to expand. And I love the fact that I, that it's not going to go away. But one thing that I think you brought up that is really important is, um, I, I suspect that virtual events, we have only seen the tip of the iceberg. I think people are just going to get so, so creative with virtual events going forward. Um, because as more people, you know, get comfortable with video and decide to explore Facebook live or, or zoom or whatever you're, you know, wherever you, wherever you want to be on video, I think that you're going to see just people getting super creative with it, which is great. I agree. I, I think that that, that in-person connection that it creates for more people is just so powerful. Um, that, you know, we didn't even think that it's kind of one of those things that's sad to imagine, but it's like, wow, I didn't realize how much I guess I needed that or how much I I appreciate being able to see, you know, individuals that I follow, be it an author or somebody else, but either way, like being able to see them on video and their facial expressions and the little nuances that you get from seeing somebody on video. It's like, wow, it's like, I like, you know, the authors that I really follow that have started doing that like, I like them even more now. Yeah. Yeah. And again, before this was such a normal thing, it's like, I didn't even think of it in that terms. Like, oh, I wish they'd do more video. But now that it's here, it's like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I like you even more. Well, and you know what else is really cool is that with, you know, so all of the big book fairs, so Book Expo went digital. Uh, The Frankfurt Book Fair this year was digital. I think Frankfurt, I think the... um, London Book Fair next year is going to be in person. They've moved it from April to, I want to say summer, which is great. I I love doing in-person events. But, um, you know, whether or not the U.S. events, the U.S. book fairs go, you know, uh, stay digital for 2021, a lot of of people had concerns that these, you know, because a lot of deals are done at these book fairs, right? Whether it's a, whether it's signing with a traditional publisher or finding a distributor or, um, you know, getting a Netflix deal or something like that. Like there are these, these book fairs are sort of known for that. One of the things that I was reading an article in publishers weekly is that the, um, a lot of these agents are saying that they have not slowed down at all because you would think that with all the book fairs canceled, that the deals would slow down and they really haven't. And one of the things that, that, you know, several of the agents said is that authors who are really taking themselves to task to get more creative and be out there um, and produce this great fun content, as you said, are spiking the interest of these agents and these publishers. So, you know, if your goal is in the new year, if you say, oh my gosh, I'd really like an Amazon movie deal, or I'd like a whatever, I'd like an agent, or I'd like a bigger publisher. I mean, the more that you can get used to digital, the more that you can get on video, I think the more attention that you'll get just in general, even outside of an agent or a publisher or a Netflix deal or something like that. I love that so much. I'm sitting like I'm sitting here and I have this huge smile on my face just thinking, I love the concept of how much this has leveled the playing field for those yeah. that 
are just willing to put in the time and apply some, you know, dedicated creativity. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's really, really so exciting that these channels that used to be very like cut off for such a large percentage of authors are now being forced to kind of, you know, there's, there's little cracks in the facade now where, where people that you never thought before are getting opportunities to break through. Yeah. I mean, that's really, that's really very true. And you know, what's interesting is that, you know, a million years ago when eBooks first, <laughs> when, you know, when eBooks first yeah. started, right. And I, I mean, I would have to say, let's go back even further to 20 odd years ago when Amazon first started, you know, that the, the Amazon system, like them or hate them, leveled the playing field, right? It leveled the playing field for authors. Authors could get visibility on Amazon. They could sell their books on Amazon. Then the ebook came and then they could sell even more because so many people like, oh, really like to read an ebook. This whole event this year has done the same thing. Like exactly what you're saying. It has changed. Um, it's changed publishing forever, first off. Um, and one of the things, and I think I mentioned this in the last show, is that um, it has, you know, publishers are now looking for different types of books. Like publishers used to look for uh, a, like the standard general nonfiction that carried them sort of through the year, right? Because yeah. a lot of publishers can live off of one major title. But with bookstores closed, they've had to reevaluate what they're, you know, what how they're operating. So this is also going to change books that are required, right? Um, but it but it has certainly changed authors who maybe didn't even stand a chance or couldn't afford to go to New York for Book Expo or would never have an agent can really make a name for themselves, which is so exciting because you and I both know we see a lot of content that should be, I mean, that is just so phenomenal. It should be getting more attention from, you know, the distributors and bigger names and people who can push it into bookstores and into airport stores and things like that. Exactly. Yes. 100%. Um, one of the other things that I think we're also going to see, and, and, and this is something to consider now, actually, it's a little bit sort of two things. So we know, and we talked about this in the last show, the supply chain issues have been an issue this year, um, particularly because Amazon, which, you know, again, problematic. It's like this, I have this whole love-hate relationship with Amazon, even though I write books about Amazon, but, you know, they, they, they deprioritized, um, book shipments, right? And so people were waiting two and three weeks to get print books, which is great for eBooks, right? But if you have something, if you have a particular book that is, you know, better in hardback, like a coffee table book or something like that, you were really uh, hampered by the Amazon supply chain issues. And I think that this is, this is still, I mean, I hope that we're not going to get another crazy run on bacon and toilet paper and whatever else. Cause that was really, <laughs> that was really kind of crazy. But I think, but you know, it was a little, and it was also a little bit sort of psycho, but I think that we are going to continue to see, you know, I don't know. I think people are just ordering more online again, just mm -hmm. like doing zoom video. People have become more accustomed and they've said, Whoa, this is easier. And I've never, I hadn't done this before. And now I'm doing, you know, click to ship or I'm doing whatever the grocery shopping app is, et cetera. So I would really encourage authors to focus in on their local markets. Building your platform, and I talk about, um, I have a book coming out in 
spring of 2021 uh, from book to bestseller, which is a redo of the, the same book by the same title that I had 10 years. And I spent a good, I don't know, 25, 35 pages just talking about an author platform. The, the, the thing that differentiated authors who were able to continue to work through this year were the, were the authors who were willing to experiment, willing to get used to doing things like Zoom, like you talked about, Amy. But the other authors who were really successful were the authors who had a platform, meaning that they had a mailing list. They had a fan base that they could tap into. It didn't necessarily mean that they had absolutely everything perfect, but they could get in touch with their fans very easily and let them know that events were canceled or that they're doing a Zoom book club, et cetera, et cetera, right? Exactly. Um, but I think that not enough authors, so not enough authors are working on their platform. That's going to be a big thing in 2021. The other thing, like I said, is going to be local market, right? So one, you know, and we talked about this in the last show, is that um, getting, tapping into your local market, if people want to buy your book locally and have you, you know, uh, contactless, contact-free, deliver it to their house or something, um, people really love that. And getting an autographed book, or you can, obviously, you can ship it to them depending on where they are. I would really encourage authors to focus, if you haven't done this, this is a really untapped market. Because we see a lot of local market buzz when we promote authors locally, don't we, Amy? Oh, yeah. It's amazing how, and I think that's another thing, too, that has been really a silver lining about this year, is that, you know, we can only discuss the news so much. And so I think a lot of local news, a lot of local media, things like that have been really receptive to local authors having, releasing a book and having something else to talk about, you know, and supporting local business has become bigger than ever in this year where a lot of businesses fell on hard times. So I think it really all plays really well together because as an author, you are a local business, you know? So I think that being able to tap into that has really surprised authors at the, at the reception they've received. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Absolutely. And I think that, um, not to, you know, not to get away from Amazon completely because we know all of the benefits of being on their site, but Google play is really upping their game in terms of the book world. Now, I don't know what their long-term strategy is, but they just changed their um, royalty to be competitive with Amazon, and they're offering authors 70% royalty. Wow. On, yeah, and so uh, I think that in the new year, I think that we're going to see some, I think we're going to see a little bit of, you know, game changing happening. I think that we're going to see Google Play getting more. So, you know, if you're, if you, if you can, if your book is not on Google Play yet, I know some authors that actually do, of all of the places that they sell their book, they do really, really, really well on Google Play. And I have been remiss in not digging into that um, for my own books, but I'm definitely, you know, that 70% is an attractive number. I'm definitely going to look into that. I also think that I stumbled on something the other day. So we know that podcasting, like we have a pod, like podcasting is a little bit like plumbing, like, like indoor plumbing, like everybody kind of has it right now, you know, and everybody has a podcast. So, you know, put together, putting together a podcast is a great idea, but Amy, you and I know that's a, it's a lot of commitment. Yeah. 
there's a lot of logistics that come into it other than just coming up with a few great show ideas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the not as fun part. Let me. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of right. No, it's, it's, it's hard, but one of the things that, um, so one of the things that we've seen this year, along with, you know, video getting creative and authors, you know, selling lots of books and, you know, getting, even getting some great deals by doing, you know, creative video, doing book club groups, et cetera, is authors who have podcasts who then get tapped to, for, for a book deal. Right. So, um, but you know, conversely, you can also have a book out that, you know, you could support a podcast with to help drive attention to it. So it's a little bit in reverse, but it's also really popular. The other thing that is super fun is the, um, so Spotify, and I will put the link in the article that goes up on our blog so that you can grab it. Spotify is partnered with um, a company, and now I don't have it in front of me, and I feel so silly for, um, for not mentioning, oh, um, Anchor FM. They blogged with, they've, they have um, partnered with Anchor FM to, which is technically owned by Spotify, um, but to, to put your words to music. So in other words, if you're a fiction author, this is sounds like such a cool idea, right? Because we've talked to a lot of fiction authors who build playlists on Spotify that, that go coincide with their, you know, that go with their books, that sort of pair with their books. This is an opportunity for you to, read so read part of your book for example and then pair it with a song which is such a fun idea right yeah that is really exciting i mean oh yeah there's so many we've worked on like you said penny these are always such fun projects when we work with authors that are like okay i need to incorporate music it's a big deal you know it just works with my book. It's like, oh my gosh. And, but this is so cool to see that because we've had to very much like grassroots put together promo ideas with them and how to, how to make that happen and get it out there. Yeah. So it's very cool to see that this is kind of, it's people are interested enough to where, you know, a platform like Spotify is actually making it more official. <laughs> Right, exactly. And so, and you know, your book doesn't necessarily have to be genre fiction. I mean, it could be a children's book, right? So we work with a number of children's book authors who have these phenomenal books that would be super cute to pair with music and to have the author, you know, reading it. And so, you know, a, lo a lot of the, the springboard of, of this has obviously been podcasting because it's so, so popular right now. Um, but I love the idea of doing the, you know, I love the idea of doing the book the book pairing. Yeah. Um, one of the other, and, and, and maybe my final one and, and Amy, you've got, I know you've got some other ideas, but book cross promotion. So kind of like the authors that I mentioned earlier on in the show who had, um, who were on, um, who just, you know, had all their events canceled and they decided to do zoom events. And then this morphed into all this big sort of thing. That's, some of the best book cross promotion that you can possibly get. But I think you're going to start to see more of that. And it doesn't necessarily always have to be video, right? So it can also be just authors that, that have the same book that are cross promoting to their audiences, which I think is a fun idea. I think it's a, I think it's a big time saver because if you like a particular genre, whether it's, you know, genre fiction or business or whatever, or self-help, 
you tend to buy in that genre. So it's a great way to get more exposure. And I think you're going to see more authors teaming up because so many people, so many folks wrote books in quarantine this year. Um, It's staggering. (laughs) Yeah, it's very true. So I think we're going to see, um, I think we're, I think we're going to, I think we're going to start to see more of that, of that cross promotion, which I always think is such a great idea. So Amy, um, before we close out the show, bring us home with any other, um, ideas or things that you, and I know we had another one more thing that we wanted to address, but any other ideas you want to leave us with? Just a couple more. And it's interesting. Again, we keep going back to this whole how 2020 has changed things. But, you know, for a long time, Penny, we've been encouraging authors to get in touch with book clubs, get involved with book clubs, you know, and I'm sure a lot of times, you know, that are reading our blog and things like that are just rolling their eyes going, yeah, well, easy for you to say, you know, (laughs) and I get it. Sometimes uh, some of the recommendations, there are a lot of steps in between. I know for a lot of our followers where they're like, well, I can't just go from where I'm at to all of a sudden, like showing up at someone's book club with copies to sign, you know, that's not where I am. But again, all this video, having everything being virtual and online Uh, That's just another way that the playing field has been leveled. So book clubs are definitely something that are more accessible to more authors at different stages in their publishing career now. And a really great one that I've been seeing on Instagram a lot is the concept of crashing a book club which is really fabulous because again, it's, you could spend maybe plan to spend 10 to 15 minutes on video on zoom with somebody's book club and just saying hi to everybody, inviting questions, you know, things like that. And it's not a huge ask either. And now that so many individuals, I know a lot of it was um, a lot of the holdups penny were tech related because when we used to pitch book clubs, we would have to say, you know, oh, this could be so easy to do on Facebook Live or via Zoom. And we would get responses and they're like, yeah, but who would bring the laptop? You know what I mean? The kind of questions where now realistically nobody's going to be asking these questions because everybody has gotten so used to doing things virtually. But so now it's just I wanted to mention to everybody that the book club angle is really great because, you know, Penny talks about all the time the statistic, what is it? Is it, what's the, in the nineties about how many books are bought by personal recommendation? Oh, 95% of books. Yeah. Are bought. yeah. It's like the book clubs are a great way to do that. So, so also use this, this new age of everything being virtual and people being comfortable with virtual and digital. And the fact that life has not stopped. A lot of people still very much belong to book clubs and they just have them virtually. This is a great time to get that in where previously it was a lot bigger ask. So start researching book clubs locally. Um, Facebook events are one of my favorite ways to find things like that to get into because you can actually start searching for them. And a lot of newspapers, local newspapers and lifestyle magazines, publications, things like that, obviously have an online element that track events and things too. So those are worth checking out as well. Yeah. And then something, and this is just really interesting. I love uh, mentioning how, you know, other platforms are evolving with everything going on. Um, You know, I think the Google Play thing, I think what's fabulous about that is that, you know, people are getting more comfortable. You know, we used to always, and we still do, like you said, with Amazon Penny telling everybody if they come to us, they're like, I'm not on Amazon. You have to be on Amazon. Well, you still have to be on Amazon. But what's so great about another silver lining of 2020, I feel like a bunch of other platforms just in general for retail have had to step up 
and start making themselves more relevant online, you know, with the quick shipping, the free returns, the, you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. there are a lot more trusted online retail resources now that people are not automatically defaulting to Amazon because that's what they know. So now people are getting so much more comfortable buying across the board. Um, And so, you know, BookBub is another one of those platforms that is trying to compete with Amazon and other advertising platforms and Google ads. And they have really, uh, I was watching a video you sent me, Penny. You're like, Ooh, check out this headline. And I checked out the video that was a part of it. It was really fabulous. Um, and basically just, it was going over the changes that BookBub is making to try to stay competitive in the advertising space, especially obviously for publishing, but they've made some adjustments to their algorithm. And the quick version is basically they've really improved how your ad is shown to people. So for example, Penny, if you had enough in your budget to where your ad could get shown to someone, a single person four times, uh, with the previous algorithm, your book could have gotten in front of that one person four times in like the span of 48 hours, which it's not really great. That's not really how buyer psychology works. You know, you just don't want to pummel someone over the head with your ad four times because realistically three of those are wasted, you know? So what BookBub has done um, is basically they've set up their algorithm. So it's getting smarter about spreading out the time in between how often your ad will be shown to the same person, which is really very smart because you know, books require a lot of people's time. So, you know, I think some people think, but my book's only two ninety nine. Why do they have to think so hard about buying it? You know, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, why can't they just buy it? But what I think authors have to remember that it's not just the price; it's also the time commitment that people that are yes. with, go along with books. It's not just pricing. I realize it seems like everybody should buy my book. It's only two ninety nine. Why am I not selling more books? Yeah, <laughs> but you know, in theory, when we buy books, we are also buying them with the idea that we are going to find time to read them eventually. And that's where it gets tricky. So those multiple impressions that we always talk about are so important. And BookBub has been really smart about changing some things up to help authors just get, you know, those, those quality impressions are really improving with their platform, which I honestly love hearing because I'm a huge fan of BookBub because it's, you know, we've done episodes on it before because it's very user friendly. It's budget friendly. It's, you know, the reader market, you know, you're not competing with a bunch of other people, you know, on typical social media where you're doing ads for people that may not at all be interested in books, you know, yeah. that are still seeing your ads. So I was really happy to hear, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of the book club platform. So I was happy to hear that they are, they're paying attention right. and they are constantly improving what they're offering authors. And again, trying to compete with Amazon. I think that's so, I think that's so smart. I think that is really, cause it is a really, really great platform um, to it, it. We love it. We love using it. And I always recommend it to, I always recommend it to authors. And I love the fact that you can build a following there and all that. So that's, that is really, really cool. Um, so finally, and Amy, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot a little bit. Um, <laughs> One thing that we, you and I talk about a lot offline, we've never actually really talked about it on the show, but we thought, you know, it's New Year's Eve and we want to, you know, sort of open the kimono a little bit. What do you think, and maybe this is too specific, but what do you think is the number one thing or one of the top five things that you see with authors that you and I both say, we just don't think this author is ever going to really be successful? Oh, and it's not, it's not, this is not about saying your book is terrible at all. This actually has nothing to do with that. 
right? Most of the time, it's something else that happens in the communication that we say this author is going to be their own worst enemy. Right. Wow. And that's very true. A lot of times it really, I mean, it's very, to be totally honest, Benny, you know, when it is the book, whether we look at it, we're like, Ooh, that cover, no. Or Ooh, that description must be changed right now. Things like that are actually, those are easy things to fix. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, those are super simple things to fix, but there are definitely, and it's so, you are very right. It really comes down to the author's approach and kind of their expectations and things like that, that yeah. are the bigger roadblock than the product that they're trying oh, to put out. My name is Ian Lamont. Themselves. Go to the M- I would say, oof, man, you're right. Having to pick one is hard. <laughs> well, so let me, so let me, let me start, let me start this off. I think that an author who has not, I want to say that an author who doesn't necessarily have the most realistic expectations. Well, right? that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that um, when I talk to somebody, and I'm just going to flat out just say this, if I get on the phone with an author and they say, um, I want my book to be a movie. Like I want to promote my book. I want my book to be a movie. Right. There is literally, I mean, and I like that as a long-term, like, that's great. If that you want that to be a long-term goal, but most like the girl on the train, I think that book was out for what, five years or something, or maybe longer before it got picked up to be a movie. So, um, uh, that to me is, I think keeping your expectations in check is a big deal when it comes to being successful. And it's not about telling people, well, you're not allowed to have dreams. So we're just going to (laughs) open, Amy and I are just going to be over here killing your dreams. It's not really about that. It's about keeping your expectation. I don't know how else to say it. Maybe you, maybe you can articulate it better than I can. No, I think that's really smart. And you've really warmed this up for me now. Now I'm, now I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to stand back and let you run with this. Well, and you know, what's interesting because what really actually got the gears turning penny is when you said, you know, when I'm on the phone with people. So that kind of made me think like, okay, what do I deal with on a day-to-day basis that really stands out and being, the first person that typically ends up communicating with the author before they get on the phone with you. Um, I will say, and this may sound like a simple thing, but I know I've mentioned it to you a few times that for me, I am always really put off when an author sends are sending emails and just general business communications that are not well thought out that are not, you know, when you're not well-spoken in email, when you're not good at communicating thoughts and ideas, when you have obviously obvious uh, spelling and grammar mistakes, when you, you know what I mean? Things like that. Oh, yeah. You know, and and it sounds, they're like, well, what the hell does that have to do with selling books? And it's like, well, (laughs) you know, (laughs) believe it or not, you know, Penny, you say it all the time, like everything is your brand. Yes. Especially now, if something like putting together a well thought out, you know, properly phrased email is something that is below you, then there's more that you're probably missing in regards to your entire author brand, things that you're not putting enough importance on, if that kind of makes sense. Like, so if you use the idea that everything matters and it really does, it comes down to even the emails that you are sending when you are representing yourself as an author, even if it's to somebody 
you know, like us who are going to potentially be collaborating with you. Um, yes, you kind of assume like this is all behind the scenes stuff. This will never get out in public, but it's just a mentality that you have to have. Like everything should be representing you to the absolute best of your abilities. Everything that you put out there, including the emails that you send, you know, when you're talking about your book and, and collaborating with other groups or individuals. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. I think that's a huge one that just kind of, it, it just tells us that, you know, it gets my, it gets me thinking like, how serious is this person if they're shooting off, you know, random, you know, excuse my thumbs emails from their iPhone, you know, saying it's like, how serious are they taking this? You know, yeah. what are they going to do? Um, and I would say one other one, and this is again, from just my very personal experience, authors that are very, and this kind of goes back to the education piece that you mentioned at the very beginning. Yeah. Um, authors that are either willingly clueless or downright dig their heels in when we ask them to access like their accounts and the things that are important to their, to their product and to their brand. So whether it's accessing your Amazon accounts to make important updates or, you know what I mean? There's so many things that we do that we try to educate authors on. And I will say that's something else that stands out that when somebody goes, Oh, you know, I don't even, I've never even heard of author central, you know, or I don't know how to log into that. Can we do it another way? You know, it's like, you know, there's this wonderful thing called Google, and, <laughs> you know, and so I think that willingness, you know, as soon as people are expressing that they're not interested or they don't want to, or, you know what I mean? Those kind of things also, I think really stand out as, as kind of bad signs for, how far they're going to get, or at least how quickly it's going to take them to get to their next, that next level. Yeah. Yeah. It's very true. And I'll tell you something. What's really interesting is that if you have, so we as a company, and I think any, any PR and marketing firm should, should work this way. And I, and I know that many do, this is, this is a partnership and you know, we don't, um, we don't automatically just take everybody who comes to, who knocks on our door. I mean, we have to, you know, we have to sell, you know, the author on our services that we're the best match for them, but it's also, it also has to be a match on our end. So we have to believe in the book. We have to believe it has a market. We have to, you know what I mean? All of those things have to be in place. And if you're sending an email off, if you're first, because we had an email, I think it was a few weeks ago. And I, I want to say it was from a publisher and you and I were both like scratching our head at these oh. obvious typos. That, and I thought to myself, so this publisher was acting on behalf of the author. And I almost wanted to email the author and say, run for your life because this is just not, you know, so it doesn't, it doesn't really bode well. I mean, I think that, and that's also one thing that I think has also come out of this year too, right? Whereas a lot of authors waited to go to writers conferences to pitch themselves or to do whatever. Everything is so much more digital. You know, everything is it, it, your first impression. You could, it's an old saying, right? But you only get one chance to make a first impression. Right. And everything, like it lives a lot longer online, not to sound scary, but you know what I mean? It does. It lives a lot. Yeah, it lives a lot longer online. And I think that, you know, if we, um, I, it just, the same is really true for if, if your goal is to live off of your writing, if your goal is to get big deals and bookstore stocking and all this other stuff, 
people are only going to take you as serious as you take yourself. And, you know, not putting, as Amy said, and she's absolutely right, the cover thing, if the book, you know, had some typos in it or whatever, those are actually really, really easy fixes. The thing that is the hard thing to fix is a bad first impression. That's a very good point. Yeah. It's really, it's a bad first impression. And you and I have talked about this a lot that we could, not that we're magical or psychic or anything like that, but you know, we can almost tell because we know the authors who just, we have one author and I, I'd love to mention him, but we always say we don't want to just for confidentiality sake, we don't want to mention his name, but I'll tell him to listen to the show. We were talking about you and (laughs) this guy is literally on it. Like he is just, and he has a busy day job and he is just always on his game and he doesn't get everything right. And he knows this, but he writes a good book and he is willing to, he's self-taught. And if something's scary, like, you know, buckles up and learns how to do it. And this is a guy who, if he came to me one day and said, I have a big Amazon deal, they're going to turn my book into a movie. I would not at all be like, I would not be surprised because isn't that amazing? Yeah. Cause he's always out there. Right. And yes, you know, I agree with you. And we've had a couple authors recently, Penny, that I will say that, and that have had, it is their first book. And, but damn, they ask questions. They, oh, you, yeah. you know, they want to learn how things work. They want to learn what, you know, they ask us like, what do I need to do next? You know, how could I do this better? Yeah. You know, when we finish a Goodreads section, they have, okay, what do I do now on Goodreads? How do I take this? How do I keep this going? Like those are the authors that I know more often than not, we end up working with again because they have seen a level of success that, you know, shows them that like, oh, look, I can keep investing in myself because, you know, things happen from that. Like I can make these things happen. Right. Exactly. Exactly. We give them credit. You know, they come to us, we know what we do, but really it's the authors that are willing to put in the time and work. And I just, I I felt like it was worth mentioning because it's not always going to be by any means the author that's like, oh, well, they're already really successful in this other business and they have this much and that much going on and they can invest three times as much as I can. You know, that's not, that doesn't make a sure thing at all. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I want to just, you know, I want to add this and and leave y'all with this thought is that this is not an age thing because we've had authors who are um, on more on the younger side, you would think would really adapt to this stuff really easily or just like, Oh no, I don't want to do any of this because I'm intimidated by it. And then we've had other authors who are older uh, who are well into retirement um, and above and have said, yeah, I'm just going to, I'm going to kick it. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to do this. And, you know, I may not do it well the first time, but by the 10th time, I'm going to be an A. So this isn't an age thing either. But I think that in 2021, this is the A game that you're going to need to bring. I, yep, I agree 100%. It's very exciting. I'm actually, you know, again, to mention silver linings again, there were quite a few of them this year for, for the publishing industry. Yeah. Yeah. There were quite a few of them and there are quite a few of them for authors. And I hope that we have um, I hope that we've shed some light on these great things that are going to be happening in 2021. And we just want to wish you all, and thank you for listening and for 
we always love your ideas. So for sure, for us, for season two of this podcast, definitely would love more of your ideas. Um, Happy New Year. We wish you all just a great um, and better 2021. Um, (laughs) And lots of concerts and fun things and travel and all this good stuff. And um, thank you so much for tuning in. Amy, I wish you a very, very happy new year. Thank you so much. You too. And we will see you. Um, This is Penny Santaberry and Amy Cornell, and we will see you in season two of the Book Marketing Tips and Author Success Podcast. Bye-bye.